This morning we're going to continue our series in the book of James. James is in the New Testament. It's nestled toward the back between Hebrews and 1 Peter. We're going to be in James chapter 3. We're going to be in verses 5 through 12. As you make your way to James, I'm going to start this morning with a riddle. What are lighter than air, but can weigh down even the strongest? What can be both soon forgotten and always remembered? What is invisible, but can leave an indelible mark on the soul? What can be free to one and costly to another? What is fleeting, but can follow someone forever? What can be given away and yet never go away? You know what the answer is? Words. Words. All of us know what it's like to have words that have been spoken to us in anger or frustration that haunt us to this day. Craig Blomberg, a commentator, says, We know from bitter experience that the childhood taunts, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me, reverses the truth of the matter. Far easier to heal are the wounds caused by sticks and stones than the damage caused by words. Today in our ongoing discussion with James, we are going to talk about words. Not just words in general, but my words, your words, our words. Part of the goal in the passage this morning is to convince us all that there is nothing more radioactive that we handle on a daily, hourly, minute-by-minute basis than our words. How careful we must be with our words, because death and life are in the power of the tongue, Proverbs says. And James is going to help us see this morning that it's not enough just to try to reform ourselves. It's not enough to just try to do better. We need to go deeper. We need to drill down to the place where words are manufactured and shaped and formed. We need to get to the heart Without getting to our hearts, we will not experience lasting change from our words. All of us at some level, be we mature Christians or not Christians, all of or mature Christians or immature Christians, all of us at one level level or another need to have, need to need to consider our words. This morning, James is going to attempt to convince us that our words are too lethal for us to handle alone. Our words are too lethal for us to handle alone. And I'm going to read beginning in James chapter 3, verse 5, and I'm going to go all the way down to verse 12. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. So if you have a Bible, you can follow along with me. If it's on your phone or your iPad, that's fine. God's Word says, So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such 
a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. Let's pray. Lord, as we open your word, I pray you would speak to us today. I pray, Lord, that you would give us the gift of your presence in concert with your word. And I ask, Lord, that you would comfort, that you would comfort those who are afflicted, but I pray you'd also afflict those of us who are comfortable with the words we speak and content. And Lord, I pray you would just open our eyes to the power of the words that we speak, Lord. And in your name we pray. Amen. Two points this morning from our passage. First, the danger of words. And second, we're going to go deeper than words. First, the danger of words. Now, in our passage, you heard the word tongue four times. This refers not just to the two-ounce organ that lies between our jaw, but primarily it refers to the words we speak. James presents a doomsday scenario of the destructive power of our words. He depicts our words as having a power great, greater than a nuclear detonation. You see, these words that we have in our mouths that come forth so glibly and blithely can destroy someone else and they can experience fallout for years. How dangerous are our words? Consider this. Our words can be lit by the very fire of hell. Did you see that in verse 6? The tongue is a fire. A world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. James is not mincing words here. We need not move too quickly. We must not move too quickly over verse 6. A careless, harsh, or heartless word is like a Molotov cocktail lit by the fires of hell and lobbed into someone else's life. When you or I say something that does unnecessary harm to another person, be it gossip or slander or rumor-mongering or spewing vitriol or being hostile or tail-bearing. It's as if our words are lit by the very fires of hell. When we speak harmful words to others, we are doing the work of Satan. That's what James wants us to see. We are doing the work of Satan. 
Now, none of us would probably think, you know what, I'm going to take up voodoo. That sounds fun. Or I'm going to participate in ritual satanic sacrifice. Or I'm going to go be mentored in black magic or join a coven of witches or consult with demons. But yet we do worse when we speak words that are harmful and careless to others. Now, sure, there are times when we need to say things that are difficult in love. But those, must be, those words must be true and timely and bathed in love. We're not talking about those kinds of love. We're talking about different kinds of words. And how do you measure whether the words are appropriate for the moment? It's motive. What are you trying to accomplish with your words? Are you saying them to do harm to other people? If so, that's the work of Satan. Don't miss this. Lit by the very fires of hell. When we hurl fiery words at people, like lying, passing on a bad report, paying, dividing friends, causing someone to think less of another, we are lighting our words on fire from Satan. You remember, our words are too lethal to handle alone, but James is not finished. He's only getting started. Our words not only are lit by the very fires of hell, they're untamed. Verse 7, for every kind of beast and bird of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But read verse 8 slowly, but no human, no human being can tame the tongue. No human being can tame the tongue. How many of us can tame our tongues alone? None of us. It would be easier for us today to trek out into the sun-drenched wilds of Arizona, catch a coyote, a javelina, and a bobcat, bring them home, domesticate them, and keep them as pets in your house than it is to tame your tongue. Your tongue... My tongue, our tongues collectively, are like wild animals that defy all attempts at domestication. James wants us to understand the potentially most wild and untamed thing about us is our speech. Our words, our words are much too lethal for us to handle alone. They're lit by the very fires of hell. They're like a wild animal, and they're poisonous. Look at 8, the second half of verse 8. Here's our tongue again. Our words, what are they? A restless evil, full of deadly poison. Full of deadly poison. When you're hiking in the woods and you come across a five-foot rattlesnake coiled up with that unmistakable shaking rattle sound, what do you do? You go the other way. What do you do when you find a scorpion in your kitchen? You kill it. What do you do when you hear the buzzing of bees? You call someone to take care of that hive. Why? Because rattlers, scorpions, and bees are poisonous. More poisonous, potentially, than any of those Bites or stings 
are our words used wrongly? And you know how poison works. The pain is not just in the bite. The bite is painful or the sting is painful, but the poison works its way in to the soul and slowly destroys and beats down. And the venom starts to make its way through the bloodstream and travel in every direction and radiate pain and destruction wherever it goes. So, our words do the same thing. Our words are far too lethal for us to handle alone. Our words are lit by the very fires, fire of hell. They're untamed, they're poisonous, and they can be counterfeit. Look at verse 9. With them, or with it, our tongue, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, this should read my brothers and sisters, these things ought not be so. It's easy to sing. Who else commands all the hosts of heaven? Who else could make every king bow down? Who else can whisper and the darkness trembles? Only a holy God. We can sing that, but we can also burst out in cursing towards someone, in anger towards someone. We can sing, what other beauty demands such praises and tear others down? We can sing, what other splendor outshines the sun, but yet speak words of division and heartlessness. A Christian eternally blessed in the heavenly places by God in Christ, raised again to a living hope, indwelt by the Spirit of God. How dare we curse others? Cursing is not just calling people names. It's tearing others down, destroying relationships, spreading rumors, complaining. That is not how it should be. And that's what verse 10 says. Or, I'm sorry, verse 11. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening, both fresh and salt water? No. Can a fig tree, my brothers and sisters, bear olives or a grapevine produce figs? No and no. It's not how it should be. His point is, as believers, as Christians, we who are blessed must have words that communicate blessing and not cursing to others. Our words are too dangerous, too lethal for us to handle alone. That's what James is telling us because they're lit by the fires of hell. They're untamed. They're poisonous. They can be counterfeit. And so what can we do? The situation seems hopeless and beyond repair because look at what verse 8 says. No human being can tame the tongue. No human being can tame the tongue. You see, our temptation when we hear a sermon like this is to walk away and say, you know what, I'm going to hold my tongue more. I'm going to try not to speak in anger more. I'm going to try to reform what I say. I'm going to try to be a better example for Jesus. And you know what? That is not enough. Because alone, none of us can do anything about that fire of hell that rages, that 
untamed power, that poisonous, that poison, that counterfeit claim. We cannot do a better job of holding our tongues alone. You see, we need more than advice. The message does not mean you should go away and speak less. Remember what we said. Our words, your words, my words, our words are too lethal for us to handle alone. We need help. That's the danger of our words. We need to go deeper than our words. As we get to point two, when we read no human being can tame the tongue, he means that we cannot tame our own tongues ourselves by ourselves. We ought not to look within ourselves to gain the strength to do what we need to do. We cannot change ourselves by ourselves. We cannot change our words by ourselves. What is the issue? It's that our hearts are the wellspring of our words. The words that pour forth from our mouths are a reflection of the hearts that we have. And when I say heart, I'm not just talking about that organ that delivers blood to our body. I'm talking about it in the biblical sense, in the scriptural sense. The heart is, as one person said, the driving force behind our character, our decisions, our words, and our deeds. Your heart holds your hopes, your dreams, and your longings. In other words, your heart is who you really are. And your words reflect your heart. And when we speak words, not of blessing, but of cursing. When we speak words, not of encouragement, but lit by the fires of hell. When we speak words that are untamed and wild or poisonous or fake, what we're doing is showing the world and ourselves that we need help at a more fundamental level. We need help with who we are. All of us, every single one of us in this room, need more help than we think. We need to be changed at the fundamental level of who we are. Now, this is both discouraging and hopeful. It's more discouraging because the change that we need goes deep, deep, deep. It's more encouraging because we know someone who can help us. Remember, we said our words aren't too lethal to handle alone. Since no human being can tame the tongue, we need someone who can relate to us as a human being, but who is more than just a human being. We need someone who has an access to a reserve of strength that we cannot tap into alone. We need someone who we can interact with, who can just not give us advice, but give us strength and power for change. We need Jesus. You see, we don't just need to say different words. We need different hearts. We need to become different people. We need Jesus. No one short of Jesus Christ can help us with our hearts 
And so as we read James, and James says, your words are more lethal than you know, and you can't handle them alone. We can look to Jesus. Though our words may be lit by fire, his words carried the glory of heaven. Though our words are untamed, his words were gentle. Though our words are poisonous, his words bring healing. Though our words can be counterfeit, his words are always genuine. Our words are too lethal for us to handle alone. We need help from Jesus. So how do we get help from Jesus? How do we get help not just reforming our words, but reforming our hearts? Because our goal here this morning is not just to say different things. It's to be different people who say different things by the power of Jesus Christ. So how do we get help from Jesus? A few thoughts. Let me ask you this question. Do you want to change? And that's the first place you've got to start. Do you want to change? All of us need to change at some level, but do you want to change? You need to start there. You need to be honest. You need to be able to ask Him to change you that you would want to be different from the inside out. This can't be superfluous. This just can't be something you do because you know that's the Christian thing to do. You need to decide in your heart, do I want to be someone different? Do I want to be someone who speaks words of hope instead of fire? Be honest. Pour out your heart before Him. You see, I think... One of, the thing, one of the mistakes we make as Christians is we say inappropriate things to other people, things that we would never say, we never should say, but we should pour out before God. We should say things to our Lord in prayer that we would never say to anyone else. He can handle it. He doesn't need our prim and proper prayers, our thee and thou prayers. He needs us to be honest. So do you want to change? Start there. Second, where do you want to change? Think of your pattern of speech. Where do you need help? You need help because you complain or you grumble or you belittle or you brag or you manipulate or you exaggerate or you lie or you flatter or you gossip or you rumor monger with your words. Where do you need help? Every one of these patterns indicates there's something broken inside. You need Jesus to help you with. For me, I realized a while back that at times I could communicate hyperbolically to make a point and to get people's attention so that they listen in private conversation. That's exaggeration. I realized part of this was doing this because I wanted people to think better of me than they might otherwise. It's discouraging to realize that, but it's also encouraging because I can go to the Lord and say, you know who I am. It's just an example. Again, as a Christian, all of us need Jesus. I'm no different than anybody. He knows who I am from beginning to end and loves me anyway. My identity is found in who he says I am. 
and not in what others say I am. What about you? Think about your words. What needs to change about them? Where do you go? What do you say to Jesus? Do you want to change? Where do you want to change? Don't try this at home. Don't try this alone. Listen, we all need to recognize that all of us fail. Every single one of us fails in this area of speech. And we all need help. Jesus, so we need to realize, Jesus has already been castigated by the Father. Jesus has already been punished by the Father. There is no more wrath left for us and our careless, heartless words. We can go to the Lord and ask for forgiveness, a forgiveness that was bought with His life and His blood. We can go to Him and ask for help and forgiveness, and He will forgive us and help us. But you cannot do this alone. Your words, your words reflect your heart. Where does your heart need to change? Where do you need to go to Jesus? Lastly, if our words have an outsized potential to do harm, our words also have an outsized potential to do good. While it's true that our words are more potentially deadly than we know, it's also true that in Christ, <coughs> as our, our words are borne along by Him, our words can be more life-giving and encouraging than we know. One of the reasons that we are in the world today is to speak life to other people. No other cre creature in all, of cre in all of created earth speaks. That is for mankind, created in God's image. And part of our job as Christians is to reflect the purpose and glory of God in the world by speaking life to other people, by speaking hope, by speaking reassurance, by speaking love by speaking consolation and reinforcement, speaking sympathy and speaking compassion, speaking understanding. These are the kind of words that give life. These are the kind of words that people in your life need to hear. These are the kind of words that people in our communities need to hear. These are the kind of words that people in our city need to hear. These are the kind of words that people at work need to hear. These are the kind of words that people in our country need to hear. And we, being fixed on Jesus, can speak the words of life. We need not speak words lit by the fire of hell, untamed, poisonous, or counterfeit. Because we can go to Jesus and say, help. We need to recognize words are far more lethal than we understand. We need help. But we, being fixed on Jesus, we can speak words of life. What are lighter than air, but can strengthen even the weakest? Your words. What can both soon be forgotten and always be encouraging your words. 
what is invisible, but yet leave an, an indelible mark of grace, your words. What can be free to one, but dear to another, your words. What can be fleeting, but cheer on another for years, your words. What can you give away and benefit someone else in every way, your words. And this doesn't happen without the help of Jesus. Let's pray. Jesus, I pray, listen, I start with myself. I pray, Lord, that you would help me to change. Lord, I want to speak words of life consistently. I want to speak words of life that come out of my mouth, that I write down, that I put on social media, that I, that I in emails I send, in texts that I send, every kind of word that I utter, I pray it would be a word of life, Lord. I pray that we as a church would be a people that pour forth life and blessing and hope we are not up to the task of channeling our words appropriately without your help. We need you. And Lord, I pray, I pray for all of us, Lord, to honestly consider and ask, what is the pattern of my words? And what does that say about my heart? Where do I need to change? And Lord, I pray that we would all come to you and ask for help. Jesus, I pray that you would help us to be a light in the community. May that start with us continually speaking words of life and hope and help to one another here in our church. May we continually speak life of words of life and help and hope to people in our family. May we speak words of life and help and hope to everyone in our lives. Jesus, help us. Help us, we pray. Empower us, strengthen us. Jesus, it's in your name we pray and ask for help. Amen.